Luke chapter 8, uh, the lesson in the bulletin says that we're going to be talking about responses to good news, but we're not going to get to that tonight. Instead, we're going to talk about the sower and the seed. The sower and the seed from Luke chapter 8. Okay, so if you brought Bibles, <laughs> turn there, and uh, I, hope it's, I hope it's encouraging tonight. This story, we read it this morning, uh, the parable of the sower and the soils. It's really, it's called the parable of the sowers in some of our Bibles, but it's really the parable of the soils, is maybe one of the most well-known and popular parables that there are in the Bible, and some have called it even the parable of all parables. Uh, this morning, we mentioned that there is a divine imperative in the heart of God for His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth and present the gospel of the kingdom, the good news to people that they could enter into a relationship with this God who made them. And simply by responding in faith and repentance, they could enter into the kingdom and have the hope of eternal life as well as life and joy and peace in this world. And sadly, that's not uh, the response of all the people who hear the gospel. And many of us who give the gospel wish that that would be the response 100% of the time. That the people like Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna, who we mentioned this morning, and some of these many others, along with the 12 disciples, Judas being accepted, of course, who responded to the truth of the gospel and gave their lives to Christ and then in turn went out and tried to train other people about Christ. We wish that would be the response every time, but it's just not. And so in a sense, as we look at this next section where Jesus talks about the sower who goes out to sow the seed and it falls on some ground, there, there's so much for us to learn here as people who want to be committed to Christ and sharing the gospel with other people. There's a lot of encouragement and there's a lot of instruction for us in this parable. We won't read the whole section. Let me just summarize it for you. We, we read it this morning. Jesus calls this great crowd of his together in verse number four and tells this parable about a farmer who sowed seed. And as he sowed his seed, it landed on several different patches of ground. That's not necessarily important for us today, but it, we'll talk about that next Sunday morning where in each of the patches of ground, it, it defines a different response to the seed. And, and after uh, some of the crowd leaves, his disciples come to him and says, why do you talk to them in these weird stories, these stories called parables? Why, why don't you just spit it out plainly? And he says it's to hide truth from those who don't really want it. He's, he he uh, prophesies something from the Old Testament regarding people who are blind and can't see. But then he explains the parable. Sometimes in the Bible he does this, sometimes he doesn't. He explains this parable and makes it real clear that the sower who is sowing seed, the seed is called the Word of God. That's in verse number 11. So we know that what the sower is doing is spreading the gospel. He is spreading the Word of God, and as he does so, he gets all kinds of different responses. So what we want to talk about today is simply what is the responsibility of a person who sows seed? What is the responsibility of a person who gives out the Word of God? Next week, we'll see the different responses that come uh, Sunday morning, and we'll talk further about the parable. I just want to, we, we are commissioned to give out the Word. What is the sower supposed to do? Now, I really think that the sower in verse number 5, and the word numbers are so small in this Bible, I need like an old man's Bible because I look down at night and I can't see. Verse number 5, the sower, I think Jesus is first and foremost referring to who? When he says, a sower went out to sow his seed, who is he first and foremost referring to? Okay, but, but symbolically. Himself. He's talking about himself first and foremost, right? Because as we said in verse number, again, small numbers, 
Verse number one, he is the one proclaiming and bringing the good news. See that? He is the one scattering it from village to village and town to town. But of course, he's talking about really anyone who would be a person who would sow seed. So let me, I think I've got five. Let me remind myself. Yeah, uh, no, I got six. Six major statements I want to make about what the sower is supposed to do. First, or what things we learn about the sower sowing. Number one, this, and these are kind of long, I'm sorry about that. Sometimes I like to make them short so they're easy to remember, like this morning, but that's okay. First, this is the God-ordained method for getting the word out. This is the God-ordained method for getting the word out. This is how he designed that the word should be spread. Okay? What is the this in that sentence? I just said, okay, this is the God-ordained method. This is how the word should be spread. What is the this? What do I mean? This is the way it should be spread. How should it be spread? By people saying it to other people. Exactly right. There is not going to be some sort of uh, heavenly message written in the clouds. Uh, The meteor that landed over New Haven didn't blow up and say, you know, Jesus loves you. It's, it's, It's meant to be people sharing it with other people. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Mark 16, uh, verse, I think it's verse 20, uh, Luke 24, verse 47, uh, John 19, verse, I think it's 27, Acts 1.8. These are five commissions in the Bible where Christians are told, okay, your mis- mission is to now do exactly what I was doing and, and scatter this word. People telling other people. Now, doesn't that seem like it's set up for failure? Because <laughs> people don't do that. People don't do that very much. Um, When you think about the best way to share the gospel, I've always thought the best time for God to do that would be the halftime of the Super Bowl because he could just interrupt the 90 million people or whatever that is watching this and he could beam himself into the middle of the field and make the statement about the good news and we think, well, that way people would respond and it's not necessarily so. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 16 And this is very familiar to you, and you can help me fill in some of the words, some of you. Faith comes by hearing, and it is the hearing of the Word of God. And how can they hear unless someone preaches or proclaims that message to them? How can they respond unless that person is sent to them? People must hear the Word of God. They must hear the Gospel, and Christ is not here to give it out any longer. So the responsibility is passed on to his followers. Point number two. This is, this is the way God wants it to be done. And, and I, I, can, I think we can say this. God doesn't, I don't think, I'm going to step over here. And whenever I step over here, this is Andy talking, not the Bible talking. But I don't think the primary means of evangelism should be we, we bring them into this building and we have the pastor tell them the gospel. Right? That's a, something that can supplement the way we give the gospel. But it's supposed to be everybody out with their seed. Just flipping it everywhere they go. Right? Just letting that seed go and fall where it may. It's going to fall on these different types of soils. That's how God intends it. And so, if God intends for people to share the gospel, and you're not sharing the gospel, fill in the blank. If God intends and mandates that we share the gospel, and we're not, we are, Sinners. Right? Is that too strong? 
If you're not sharing the gospel, you're a sinner. Does that rub you the wrong way? I don't say inviting people to church. I'm not saying gave them, I mean, saying telling people and scattering not, uh, not your personal testimony, um, not uh, Grace Baptist is the place to be. What is he scattering? The word. The seed is the word. Right? Number two. This is point number two of our six. So it's a Gatterday method. And then second, the word should be scattered everywhere. Let's say that. Everywhere. Just all over the place. Perfect answer, though. Everywhere. Justin Martyr says, So intent is the farmer on a harvest that he sows in every corner of his field in hopes that good soil might somewhere be found. Does it appear like he is wasting his seed? I used to uh, be the janitor for a couple of summers at uh, First Baptist of Romeo. And one summer, the baseball field was very sparse. In the back, they have that place where they play soccer. If you've driven by it, they have a huge area of grass. It makes me kind of envious to have that, right, as a church. It would be awesome to have a property like that. But it was, it was, it was, needing, um, it was needing grass seed. So uh, they had this little, um, we had two devices. We had this thing that you push, right, and you put the seed all in it, and it flies around. But I just wore this bag around my waist and filled it with seed. And you know what I did? I just walked on the grass and did this. And I got to the edge of the parking lot and some of it went out on the parking lot, right? The pastor didn't come out and start hollering at me. That's how you, that's how you scatter seed, right? Because you hope that it's going to find some... Now, what, about, what if I was doing that at home or what if we were doing that here on our little property and, and we're scattering it on the ground and then I'm walking in the middle of the, of the uh, road doing that? I'm walking on the sidewalk like it's salt, like it's de-icing salt, and I'm doing this, or I'm, I'm in the middle of the road doing that. People are going to think I'm absolutely nuts, right? Now, in a sense, that's really what's happening here. Think about it. Three-quarters of this guy's seed is going to be unproductive. And if it's unproductive, we could almost say that it's going to be wasted. Doesn't it, feel like, doesn't it seem like waste? We're just throwing that seed out. I like this... Um, this, uh, well, I don't know if I have this statement written down or if I just thought it. <laughs> Maybe I just thought it. Um, where, what, what percentage of success is this guy going to have? What percentage of success is the guy in the scripture who throws out, who throws out all his seed? He's going to have 25% success rate. What success is the guy going to have that doesn't throw out any seed? Any seed? Zero percent. Right? So the point is, the word must be scattered everywhere, like Martyr says, in hopes that somewhere good soil might be found. Okay? We went up and down these streets this summer. Many, many of you came and helped. We did a few streets here and some of these streets here. We're knocking on every door and, and just hoping that, that that seed, you know, as we share the message of the church and we're hopefully sharing some scripture and passing on papers that have the word on it and here's some, here's some Bible. And, and it just seems like it's just a waste. But we're doing that in hopes, in hopes that one soil will be found that's good. It's better than sitting at home and not knocking on any door, right? Well, I'm not going to share the gospel with any of my coworkers because I know none of them would accept Christ. So you're not, you keep all that seed in the pouch around your belt, 0% success. Or you just share with everybody. 
at coffee break, at, at uh, times that's appropriate at work or with family members. And you have a 25%, according to the Scriptures, 25% success rate. The measure of responsibility, Spurgeon has said, is not, uh, in other words, our, 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 our responsibility is not measured by how people listen, but by what God demands. Does that make sense? In other words, you're not, you're, you're not responsible just to give because it, people, the way people respond, you're responsible to give because this is what God has said. Point number three, and just briefly on this, this is the example of Jesus, and we saw it in Acts 8, verse 1, or Luke 8, verse 1. This is his example as he tirelessly preaches and proclaims the gospel message. He even went to the Pharisee's house, the insincere hypocrite who just wanted to trick him in the home, and gave him the gospel there, knowing that maybe that was a rock-hard piece of ground. And so we follow his example earnestly, tirelessly, making our priority to deliver that seed no matter where we go. Fourth, let me spend a little more time on these last three. Not much. We'll be, we'll be brief tonight. Here's the fourth truth, okay? It is not the farmer's job to analyze soil. It is the farmer's job to scatter seed. Isn't that good? It's not the farmer's job to analyze soil. It's the farmer's job to scatter seed. I remember a church uh, devising an uh, evangelistic program where they actually uh, got together and made up a community person, like uh, this is Romeo Ralph, right? And, we, and they drew him on the board and say, what does Romeo Ralph do? Well, he makes about such and such a year. What are Romeo Ralph and Romeo Rhoda's interests, right? He had a man and a woman. What are their interests? What do they do? Where do they, and what is going to be the trick? to getting them to come to church. That's not our job, to determine the worthiness or, the, or the, uh, the readiness or the receptivity of the soil. Our job is just to scatter the seed. We're not meant to decide, we're not meant to spend time deciding on uh, who, should, who should receive the gospel or not or who would be willing. We just give it. And I'm to blame for this in certain regards because there'll be sometimes... You'll be, maybe we did a door-to-door or you're, or you're thinking about people who you want to share the gospel with and you actually look at the person or you come to the house and you think, eh, I don't think anybody in that house is going to respond. I've thought that before. I've thought that before. Um, you know, maybe it's, they, they, got, they got nice things. Now let's just go on. Or, uh, or you're sitting with a person. I've sat with people on planes before or uh, in, in waiting rooms before, you know, you're sitting in a room waiting for your car to be worked on and there's people sitting all around and you think, well, certainly no one's going to accept Christ in the waiting room of a Chevy dealership, right? What am, I'm analyzing soil instead of scattering seed. Okay, I, I'm being very vulnerable and transparent about my own failings and hopefully you can fill in your own failings there, right? Say, there's been many times where you've thought, this person is, is not ready to receive the gospel, so I'm not going to share it. And again, you have a 0% success rate. Um, a pastor once illustrated that he had an opportunity to uh, share the gospel with a Muslim man and wife. He was called to their home or something of emergency. And, he, and the man was Muslim, I think, and the, I don't know if the woman was just more of a um, uh, less committed, but he focused all of his attention on the woman because he thought, this is the woman, that, and at the end, the man received the gospel. So it's not our determination. Uh, we, we don't make determinations on who to give the gospel to. We simply give the word out. Um, 
so again, here's Spurgeon. Uh, God blesses the actual word, work of our hand. He, waters, he does not water the seed that we talk about sowing. He waters the seed that we actually scatter. I, that's pretty, pretty profound too, isn't it? Well, we need to give the gospel. We should be going out. Well, the Lord doesn't honor that. The Lord only honors that when it comes out of the bag and is tossed out onto the soils. I, I really like that statement. So we spread it wherever we go. God cannot bless what we wish we would have said or what we wanted to say. He will only bless what we say. And I always like to say, you, you give the word. You give the word. Like, it, it almost comes as a challenge to us now to think, okay, I mean, I do a lot of studying at Tim Hortons. I go down there and I sit and I get a coffee and there's, I mean, people, the same people come in all the time. And I sit, and why can't I just at one point stop and say, hey, you know Christ, here's the word? Because a lot of times I think, I think, well, he's busy, I'd, be an incon- I'd inconvenience him. I, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of excuses that enter, enter into our minds. So instead, let's just give out the word. Point number five. We've got two more to go. Point number five. Uh, the farmer is only responsible for faithfulness, not success. The farmer or the sower is only responsible for faithfulness, not success. God does not say, well done, good and successful servant. Good and faithful servant is what he says. Will you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, please, briefly? Look, go over and turn to 1 Corinthians and the third chapter. And there's a word here I want to catch. 1 Corinthians 3, and it's verses, um, shoot, it's really dark, uh, 5 to 8. Okay, sorry. Here's what it says. And this is in the context of sharing and planting and sowing and watering and all that. Uh, What then is Apollos? This is verse 5. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Uh, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. This is all the gospel giving teamwork that's happening. And here's, here's where comes the reward. Each will receive his wages According to his what? Everybody say the next word. Labor. Not according to his success. I'm glad for that. I'm really glad for that. Uh, I, I'm, I, was dis- I was so discouraged this week because I talked to another person this week who was involved in a church plant, and he, he went to a church a year ago, and there were 25 people, and he's leaving that church now, and there's 125 people. I'm a failure. That's the way I feel. Okay, But then you read a verse like this and you say, the Lord does not reward according to our successes or our fruitfulness. Now, a lot of times fruitfulness is tied to labor, but he awards according to, rewards according to our labor. Who will be rewarded more? The person who shares the gospel with 500 people or the person who shares the gospel and, and nobody responds or the person that shares it with three and three respond, right? The person who does the energy, and here's the word, labor is the important word in the passage, 
It means this. The weariness that someone experiences from work. So really he's saying you should be, it's the energy that is expended in the labor that is rewarded. It's the effort and energy of the labor that is, that is what is, God is looking at. It is, we are not responsible for the results. We leave that up to God because he is the one who waters his word. We've said it over and over again. When a person is saved, they need the word to come into their hearts, but they need the spirit to, to germinate that seed, to, to make it make sense to the person. I know that some of you have shared the gospel with people that you love dozens, maybe hundreds of times. Is that right? I mean, many, many times. And the tendency then starts to be, what am I doing wrong? Right? What, what can I say better? What technique can I use that would crack through that rock-hard soil? Um, God, is, even sometimes, is there some sin in my life and then God is not using, right? We think these things because that seed is not burying itself into the heart and, and growing. That is not your responsibility. You scatter that seed. You give the Word. You just give it. You just give it. You just give it. And I would encourage you, those who are in a position to continue to give the Gospel, just, just give the Word. Give the Word. Give the Word. When I talk to students at school, I like to say you give the Holy Spirit bullets. I think I've said that before. The Holy Spirit gets, because when that person, especially if you're not with them, maybe you see them once in a while, when they lay their head at night, they don't remember argument. They don't remember, the Holy Spirit doesn't bring back argument, debate, illustration, personal testimony. The Holy Spirit brings back the Word. So if you want that Holy Spirit to have any ammunition when you're not around, give that person the Word. And that is what the Holy Spirit will bring back to memory. And then just leave it up to God. There's that one passage in Mark. Remember we went through Mark. It was another uh, parallel passage where it said the farmer goes out to sow the seed and after he's done sowing the seed, what does the farmer do? He goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. He can't do anything else. He's not responsible for the, um, for the success. We know that 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says we, we uh, do not exert ourselves in vain we don't do this meaningless because God sees our labor. 1 Thessalonians 2, this effort and labor must be born out of a love and a passion for others. Not on a, we should never share the gospel because we want to win a debate or be the victor of an argument. We share the gospel because we love those who God loves. Hebrews 6.10 tells us that God sees and will never forget our labor. We work under the eyes of an omniscient God who knows our hearts and motives and actions. Um, and yet we ourselves judge ourselves based on a pass-fail mentality, don't we? We live in a pass-fail society, right? Uh, a guy can tell me, we have 125 people at your church. Now, you planted that church eight years ago. Andy, how's it going? Well, same. I mean, not my you, know, you feel like, well, I fail, you pass. I fail, you pass. When the only thing we're judged on is faithfulness. That's a relief at sometimes, unless you're not being faithful. Unless you're not being laborious and, and uh, laboring and, and energetic, right? Even if we don't see results on this earth, we are only accountable to God for the energy that we exert in our labor. Last thing, okay? And we'll be done. Point number six. The sower does not scatter his own thoughts. He sows only the word. Okay? And this will lead into our message next week when we talk about 
on Sunday morning, the four soils. The only thing that goes out that God will bless is His Word. The only thing that brings about new life is His Word. The only thing that has the power for salvation, Romans 1.16, is the Word. The only thing that brings about faith through hearing is the Word of God. So the challenge is to scatter the Word of God liberally, faithfully, laboring in this message of the Gospel of the Kingdom, and that some way, somewhere, God will grant some responsive hearers to us. And we'll talk more on that next time. But the, the challenge tonight is be faithful in sowing the Word of God. Let's all do that this week, okay? Can we? Okay, some of us will. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, the person who shared the Word with us, who sowed into our hearts and lives the Word of God that we uh, were able to respond to thanks to your Holy Spirit. And Father, bless us in our efforts. I pray that even tomorrow you would bring us into a situation where we can be reminded of this and we, can't, we won't be scared, but we'll be bold and courageous to just sow it, just sow that word and not, not analyze who we're looking at or who we're talking to and just pray for the results that you will bring. Bless us in our efforts to do this and thank you for each one who's come tonight. Protect us as we travel home in Christ's name. Amen.